everyone. In case you didn't know, Mike Trout is really, really good. Welcome to the show. Also, the Dodgers are raking right now, and we are going to rank some Dodgers. But it's not all good news. It is Worryometer Wednesday. And actually, we have some listener worryometer suggestions. Well, that's what they're good at. Those listeners love to worry. They do. Worry warts out there, you listeners. I'm Adam Azer. That's Scott White. And here's Chris Towers. Do you guys worry? Just like in general, like do you do you like live with like a a constant sense of dread? Um, I actually don't feel like I. Well, can I tell you? We can I tell you something funny yesterday? Yeah, can I tell ahead. you something funny about me? Uh, Monday, I, I, you guys don't play much video games, right? Uh, I Adam wish Scott. I did. I don't, but not no, at this I stage don't. of my life now. Well, so there, there's the big uh, E3 expo happening right now and so that's when all the video game companies share all their video game things and you know they announced the super smash brothers yesterday which looks awesome uh and there's this game called the last of us scott i was telling you about it yesterday Mm -hmm. it's the best game i've ever played and the sequel is coming out uh i stayed up until like 2 30 in the morning on monday night because i made the mistake of watching the trailer for that game at like midnight and it freaked me out so much that i could not fall asleep Okay, Good Chris. Grief. Chris, I just sent that you is, a link. That is my life. I just sent that you is, a link, Chris. That is like 13-year-old me right there. Yeah, it's pretty yeah. dorky. Um, I just, I read <laughs> last night. I read the uh the scariest thing I've ever read in my life. No joke. And I sent it to Chris. That's, you, that's pretty scary. You tell me if I should say it on the air. I'm thinking no. It, it was an article in the New Yorker, and it just terrified me. So yes, I do worry. Now let's talk about baseball. <laughs> Mike Trout. Oh, by the way, coming up on the show. Let's see. Oh, Ken Giles got a save. Uh, I want to talk about some middle relievers that you might want to pick up because their ratios are awesome. Worryometer on Albies, on Inciarte, on a couple of Chicago Cubs. A lot of your emails at fantasybaseball at cbsi.com. Mitch Hanniger homer twice. He's been pretty cold, but he's, he's heating up a little bit. Four home runs now in June. Ryan Healy's been much colder than that, and he homer twice. Didi Gregorius has been even colder, and he homer twice. So we'll talk about the double dongers. But, man, Chris, you are loving Mike Trout. You always hated Mike Trout. Thought he was overrated. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> no, come on. No, don't don't put that evil on me. Not true. Uh, yeah, he's two more home runs, four in his last two games, and uh, he, he is the number one player, but has not been as good as Mookie Betts on a per game basis this year. This is like, like technically correct, the best kind of correct, but also like, yes, Mookie Betts has been slightly better than Mike Trout this season. And like Jose Altuve was probably a little, well last year is not the best example, but two years ago Jose Altuve was probably slightly better than Mike Trout. But like it always requires some Herculean effort by some schmo to get slightly <laughs> better than Mike Trout, while Mike Trout's just like like Mike Trout's just like doing his thing, having a normal Mike Trout season, and it requires like some dude to just like have found summoned the strength of the gods in order to just barely eclipse him. And it's like, it's pretty clear who the best player in fantasy and who the best player in baseball is. Even if some other guy might be slightly like Moogie Betts was better for 49 games. Okay. All right. Well, let's not sell Moogie Betts short short, because he is, he does have his 735 slugging. Of course, Mike Trout's the best, but I believe, I believe it was you. Honestly, mm-hmm. I might be wrong about this, but I think last week you said like there's a big four now with Betts and Jose Fernandez and no, Ramirez. Jose Ramirez, Ramirez 
and who was there? One other guy and Trout, obviously. Al, Altuve, Altuve and Trout. I, yeah, like, I, I know there is me. Was it? It. I think it was both it was of you. Something we talked about when we were both on. Well, we, yeah, we talked about it with pitchers as well. I think there's like, you know, we came into the season thinking there were these specific tiers, and maybe the tiers have, like, maybe a pitcher there's a big two, and then there's like five other guys who are in the Kershaw tier. Maybe it among hitters, it's like Trout on his own little island, and then everyone else. Yeah, it right. is. I mean, Trout would be if we were redrafted today. There'd be consensus no number for anyone one. but Trout, and there shouldn't have been coming into this season either. But a certain friend of ours decided to make one. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I think right after Trout, those other three uh, could probably go in any order. Right. Now, uh, Trout is uh, batting 310. He's got 23 homers and 13 steals, and he hasn't been caught stealing. And, Chris, you were saying uh, before we started the show, we can we can end our discussion on Mike Trout now, but uh, before we started the show, he's having the best season since Babe Ruth? Uh, yeah, according to Fangraph's wins above replacement, he is on pace for 13.3 wins above replacement, which would be the best non-Babe Ruth season. According to Baseball References wins above replacement, he's on pace for 15 war. Whoa. Which would be the best season by a full win. Wow. I mean, I'm sure some, you know, Mordecai Brown pitcher from 1872 who threw 600 innings probably had more, but, you know, for real baseball players. <laughs> All right. Oh, that was mean. I'm sorry, Mordecai Brown. I don't know anything about you. Okay. So Mike Trout's awesome. And so are the Dodgers. Oh, by the way, obviously Miguel Cabrera is out for the season. Buried the lead there. We'll talk about first base replacements. We'll talk about John Hicks, who's 26% owned and is catcher eligible and will be the everyday first baseman for the uh, for the Detroit Tigers, the regular first baseman. Rank these Dodgers. Chuck Peterson. What the hell is the matter with you? <laughs> Max Muncie, Yasiel Puig, and Matt Kemp. Four Dodgers. Chuck Peterson, Max Muncie, Yasiel Puig. And Matt Kemp. That was your best one yet. I'm so glad he's relevant again, Jock Peterson. I think he has to be last of this group just because he sits against left-handers and should sit against left-handers. Uh, but obvi- but, he- but he's definitely relevant and obviously made the most of the one of the two righties he was scheduled to face this week last night. Uh, I, I actually have Muncie, Puig, and Kemp in that order all consecutively in my outfield ranking. So I'll go Muncie, Puig, Kemp. And then Jack Peterson. Where are they in uh, your outfield rankings? They are 42nd, 43rd, and 44th. That all sounds right to me. I think there's not a huge difference between the lot of them, and I don't think any of them are must-start guys. Muncie, maybe just because he's playing so well right now that you want to take advantage. And the, the skills that he's showing um, are very impressive. Um you know, good command of the strike zone, hitting the ball hard, hitting for power. And he's, he showed some power in the minors. I think he had like a 25 homer season once. Um, so it's not, it doesn't look totally unsustainable. On the other hand, I thought Chris Taylor's 2017 wasn't totally unsustainable. So, well, I, Chris Taylor, like, I know the numbers don't look as good last year, but he's been, he's still right, been no, he, productive. He's player. been, I haven't benched him in the Roto League where I have him, but he hasn't been the same guy. Is yeah. my point for sure. Yeah, and that's fair. I mean, Muncie right now is, um, 
you know, the his home run to fly ball rate is comparable to like what Judge Stanton and Gallo did last year. I think those are the only three that that had a home run to fly ball rate in the same range that Muncie does now. So he's going to slow down, but at the same time, like everything, all the all the numbers we can look at to detect a power hitter suggest he's a power hitter, and he obviously walks a lot. And there's there's clearly a lot to like about Muncie, even if. It's been a little. It's it's been over his head so far. Home run in four straight games for Max Muncy. That funky Muncy. Thank you, team name Tuesday yesterday. All right, big news. Oh boy, Miguel Cabrera. Will Miguel Cabrera ever be good for fantasy again? I don't think so. That's my guess. If you force your gun to my head, yeah. have to decide today. That's my guess. Yeah, I mean, thirty-six-year-old coming off a. Of- a season-ending injury now. That's, that's probably it. And, and uh, yeah, he'll be 36 I, next year. I know this isn't a popular opinion for those. It won't be a popular opinion for those who stashed him all this time and were still holding out hope. But I'm kind of relieved from my own perspective that this happened because he is since before the season he's been a frustrating player to rank and um figure out what you're going what to expect from him and now. It's just there's some closure here. I feel like. Well, yeah, I mean, he's me. been he's been playing like the the last good version of Adrian Beltre we saw, you know, uh-huh. or like not very much power, but still good enough to play, but certainly not a standout. Yeah, I mean, I have to disagree as a as a Miguel Cabrera owner, and he's out for the season with a ruptured left biceps tendon. Just because batting average is so hard to come by, and I, yeah. I don't I don't think he's a power, you know, a good power source, but. To be clear, but I think I'm not average. happy that Miguel Cabrera got hurt. <laughs> I just want to put that out there and yeah, make sure everyone knows that I am not happy. You don't keep rankings either. Whoever, whoever else might be, I'm not. <laughs> yeah, I can understand uh, how he'd be difficult to rank, but I was relying on him for batting average, and I basically think I have no chance of winning our Roto League um, now because, you know, I suck at batting average. But um, – uh, okay, so so let's talk uh, first base replacements. Then we'll talk about John Hicks. You know, it is a deep position, but a lot of these guys are owned. You know, so it, there's I don't know how many good first basemen are available on waivers in the shallowest of leagues. You know, Will Myers is 89 percent owned. Eric Thames is one, back. Yeah, yeah I know who I know who you're going to say. Brian Healy. Oh no, <laughs> no, I thought you were going to say uh, just, Justin Bohr. No, I mean, Justin Bohr, yeah, he's been pretty much him, his 2017 self since like the 10th game of the season when he got off to a really bad start. But, you know, Ryan Healy, his ownership's down to 54%. There was a point where this guy was pretty much universally owned, uh, and he's been in a deep slump. But I think we're probably going to look up at the end of the season and he's going to have 30 homers and he's going to have hit 265 and he's going to have 90 RBI. And like he's never going to be a top twelve first baseman at any point in the season, but you can do worse. Yeah, you can. Well, let's see who you can who you can get. All right, so we'll start at eighty I mean, eighty percent. It's it's only a ten percent difference between him and Justin Bohr. I feel like yeah, Bohr's ownership just hasn't gone up at all. Yeah, that's that's the clear standout here. I, I um, he's just I'm sorry, just he is not having a good year. He's having a terrible year, and I know what you just said, Chris, but it's kind of like Ryan Healy. It's it's one. Hot streak for Justin Bohr, but week by week he's been pretty bad. Yeah, I like, I still like the, what the batted ball profile shows. I still think 
he has the potential to be a top power hitter and he's he's been an on-base machine like even with the bad batting average so far even with some of the bad luck there he's been an on-base machine just because pitchers uh he's one of the few hitters to be scared of in that lineup yeah i, I think ultimately it's going to it's going to uh work out in his favor he's going to be a top 20 player at a deep position all right so that's Justin Bour let me let me read the names start with 80% owned and, and down Marwin Gonzalez, CJ Crone, Mitch Moreland, Jesus Aguilar, Max Muncy, Josh Bell. They're all seventy-five uh, to eighty percent owned. Aguilar and Muncy stand out there. Yep. I would I would add both of those guys. Of course. Muncy might be pretty close to Bohr in in terms of how much I want him. Aguilar would be if I knew for sure he was going to be more or less the everyday first baseman with Thames back, but I, since I don't know, he's he's third in that group. So he's third behind who? Muncie and I was in, I was including Bohr in there, oh, even okay. though his ownership's a little lower. Uh, so Aguilar did not start yesterday. Eric Thames started against a righty, led off. Uh, Eric Thames, by the way, is also eighty-two percent owned. Um, so you know he won't be an everyday player probably. Uh, going down to seventy percent owned and, and less. Greg Bird, Ian Desmond, Justin Bohr, Adam Duvall. Matt Adams, Albert Pujols. Greg Bird, Desmond, Bohr, Duvall, Adams, Pujols. See, there's no comparison there between Bohr and everybody else. Uh, I, Bird still has untapped potential and obviously is in a great lineup. I could still see things going very right for him. But the kind of start he's off to after having, after missing all that time. Yeah. Like, I, I, he's unstartable. Right yeah, now. yeah. It is, I suppose, worth noting that over the last 60 days, CJ Crone is the number two first baseman in fantasy. Um, I do with that what you will. I'm not particularly interested in it, but other people might be. Yeah, I, I definitely, um, every time Greg Bird comes up to the plate, I feel like I am at bat and I have <laughs> everything at stake and I had a lot of profanities yesterday because he just keeps leaving a runner like it's happening he's getting on ba- he's getting up with bases loaded two on one out and he is choking every time and it is really really angering me uh you, you know you ahead. know what I noticed for him though and like his hard contact rate is really good is it you know he what ha- he's not hitting any line drives at all it's it's like an abysmal line drive rate but he's elevating the ball and hitting it really hard look at him um, you got to stop being mad at greg bird for being greg bird all no, right he's you, not, you don't outside, know who greg bird is do you go outside you don't know and who shout greg at bird the is. sun because it's too bright you don't know who greg bird is, is you that have what no you idea. do you've never seen you you have you know nothing of greg bird ryan zimmerman do you get Trey mad Mancini. at water for wetting you ryan zimmerman Trey mancini ryan healy yuli guriel Matt Davidson, Derek Dietrich. Any names jump out at you? Zimmerman, Mancini. Let's do this quick, guys. Zimmerman, Mancini, Healy. Other than other than Healy, Guriel, Davidson, Dietrich. How Davidson's still on the deal, right? Yeah. Uh, no, he, he's back. He just stays okay. Um, lately. I, depending on what you need, I think Davidson and Guriel are the standouts in that group. Uh, Guriel, obviously, just for batting average, I think the the broken thumb. Broken thumb. Whatever the hand injury that he suffered coming into the season does appear to have sapped his power, but not his contact ability. So he can be a a pretty empty batting average, but there's value in that. And Matt Davidson, I think, you know, will hit home runs. Okay. And maybe you can buy low on like a Reese Hoskins or Mm -hmm. Rizzo's been really good since the start of 
uh, May, but his overall numbers aren't very good. Maybe you could buy um, – I don't know. I might have missed your window to buy low on Cody Bellinger. And uh, Maybe. I mean, Edwin Encarnacion's kind of cooled off a little after uh, – Yes. After a hot stretch, so maybe you could still buy low on him. Brandon Belt while he's on the DL. Mm-hmm. Justin, Justin Smoke, maybe. Oh, Brandon Belt, that's a good call. He's having a really good year. Oh, Justin Smoke, no. Worryometer on Justin Smoke. <laughs> that is coming up. Uh, Edwin okay. Carnacion is back. Oh, John Hicks, 26% owned. He, uh, is catcher eligible, as I mentioned. He's batting 284, but 16 straight games without an extra base hit. Some of that was with Miguel Cabrera back. Some of that was before Miguel Cabrera came back. How excited are you about adding John Hicks? I was really excited to add him in a 24 team league that I got outbid. Uh, <laughs> uh, I got outbid on him. Uh, so that was disappointing, but like catcher, catcher is so awful. Yes. Like so awful. Like we talk about how awful it is. I think we understate it even, even how often we talk <laughs> about it. Cause it's, it's just so bad that. Like, even if you don't have a lot of confidence in the hitting profile for Hicks, and, you know, he's a guy with decent pop, but not like a all-star caliber, an all-star upside kind of guy, just the fact he's going to be a catcher who plays every day is going to set him apart from so, so much of the sludge at that position that I it wouldn't surprise me at all if he's top 12 the rest of the way. I think he's top 12 this season. Already. He, from is, the time he is in Roto. He's, he's 11th in Roto. Yeah. Okay, so are you looking at the Roto rankings? Yes. Damn it. I was going to do an impromptu game of Fantasy Feud to guess the top five. So, Scott, I'll just make you look bad. Can you guess the top (laughs) five catchers in Roto so far? In Roto, Yasmani Grundahl's got to be up there. Yeah, he's one. Okay. Uh, I would guess Sanchez is still up there, even though he's batting under 200. He's six. Six. Nope. No. Okay, how about Buster Posey? He is seven. Oh, he's eight. He's eight. Francisco Cervelli. He's three. Um, JT Realmuto. Four. Oh man, he's two. Uh, let's see. He homered last night. And drove in five runs. Evan Gaddis is two? He's two. What? Yep. I mean, I think that just goes to show you how much attendance matters at catcher. <laughs> yeah, but he's, well, he's, he's been really hot lately, but he was like, his numbers, I mean, his numbers just, look like Evan Gaddis numbers. He's just eighth like two in or at three best. weeks ago, just two or three weeks ago, I wasn't sure. Like I had an offer. I was offered him in that same 24 team league where I desperately need a catcher and I wasn't confident that he would really be that much of an upgrade for me because he was he was off to such a bad start. Oh, he is an upgrade. Clearly. Yeah. yeah clearly. Um, Gaddis is two. Grandal, Gaddis, Cervelli, Realmuto, and Salvador Perez. He's seven. Wilson Ramos is the answer. All right, now okay. we got another catcher, Tom Murphy, who's doing very well in AAA. He debuted. Uh, he made his 2018 debut for the Rockies yesterday, and he went three for four with a double and two RBIs. He was one for twenty-four last year, <laughs> um, Murphy. So it didn't work out. But uh, any interest in Tom Murphy? And would you rather have Murphy or Hicks? It's interesting that he got called up and they started him right away because what is he twenty-seven now? We've yes. been waiting for his power to mm-hmm. get a chance to play out at Coors Field for long enough that I thought the opportunity had passed him by. But he was killing it again at AAA, OPS over a thousand, uh, and it's not like. 
you know, the, the Rockies are contributing that sludge catcher with Chris, Chris Iannetta and Tony Walters. So it's not like there's not room for him. They just, I'd rather have Hicks, but there's this, this situation bears monitoring. Okay. They just don't seem to like him much. Like organizationally. I think that, that's the problem. I, I don't think there's any, I think he could be a top five catcher if he played every day or played for a catcher every day. Okay. Um, yeah. Tom Murphy. How about David Fletcher called up by the Angels? Any interest there? I'm not sure where the opportunity is. He's had a good year at AAA, but, you know, it was kind of by surprise. Um, I think so I read, I uh, Simmons down. He could maybe get some playing time. I think I read that he could play third base against lefties. Yeah. But it won't be a long-term thing, I don't think. And that would not be good for Zach Kozart, by the way. Uh, long-term. Anyway. And, um, the, I don't know how to pronounce this guy's name. I'm sorry. Jonathan Loisiga will debut for the Yankees on Saturday against the Rays. Any interest in I never him? heard of him. I never heard of him till I saw somebody pick him up in that same 24 team league. 58 to 4 strikeout to walk ratio between AA and AAA this year. And that's like, you know, with 11 strikeouts per nine innings. I don't know how hard he throws. I haven't had a chance to research him that much, but that's, that alone catches my attention. All right. I mean, it's, it's deep league stuff. They, they're going to try to skip him as much as possible. I think he may get, he may get one to three starts before, uh, Tanaka's back, Jonathan Loisiga, but keep an eye on Justice Sheffield, who could get called up at some point. Mike Fultonevich left with triceps tightness, but may not miss a start, and he had another really, really good start, Fulty. Acuna is going to begin a rehab assignment tomorrow. Walker Bueller probably out a couple of weeks with a rib microfracture. Josh Donaldson could be back today. Hugh Darvish had a good bullpen session, but still no timetable for a return. And Daniel Murphy is back, guys. 98% owned. Do you expect Daniel Murphy to be Daniel Murphy? I think no. expect's a little strong. Do you ho- yeah. I, I, I don't expect it. No, I, I hope he is, but yeah. it it sounds like they kind of rushed him back. And, you know, I think they're playing like five games in a row in AL Parks or something like that. So mm-hmm. that's probably why this can kind of serve as his rehab assignment. But I'm definitely concerned. Yeah, he, he DH yesterday. The reason I don't expect it for Murphy is the reports about him kind of hobbling around. I just don't know how yeah. healthy he is. But when he's healthy, he's uh, one of the best hitters in baseball. We'll do a quick look at the bullpen, then we'll get into the worryometer. Quick reaction. Ken Giles got the save. He hasn't blown a save yet. Like I said, I don't think he's given up a run in a save situation. Ken Giles got the save yesterday. Rondon had pitched Saturday and Sunday. They were off Monday. I don't know if Rondon was available. I assume he was. Quick reaction. Scott. <laughs> I, I This is the way it's going to go all year. And I feel dumb for starting Hector Rondon. Guess what? In that same 24-team league. Because I had other options. That's a uh, as, no league. as someone who refused to do homework until the minute it was due, I really appreciate Ken Giles' uh, unwillingness <laughs> to perform unless it's a safe situation. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Joaquim Soria, uh, got his ninth save. Five saves since June 5th. Five saves in a week, basically, for Soria. There was a one-out save. Uh, so yeah, he's the closer. 35% of him. Sergio Romo got a save. Quick reaction, Chris Towers. Uh, cool. Cool. Modern day Dennis Eckersley. This Sergio Romo guy. Starting, closing. I'm not that interested in it. 
Yeah, he's 3% owned. He's not that good. Sir Anthony Dominguez got a save, Scott. It was his first one-inning save. His third save, but his first one-inning save. The other two were two-inning saves. Sir Anthony Dominguez, 51% owned. I think Gabe Kapler's going to tease us with this all season, but I also think Dominguez is probably going to lead the team in saves. Well, we should note, I believe Yuri Garcia? Lurie Garcia, is that his name? Yes. Uh, he was pitching the ninth. I think he loaded the bases, and then Sir Anthony Dominguez came in. Ah, okay, that makes sense. Oh, gosh, Dominguez is really good. <laughs> he is mm-hmm. really good. Uh, Zach Britton pitched in the sixth. He walked three. Walked, worked around it, though. Scored. It was his first uh, outing. And then a couple of relievers that you want to keep an eye on. Adam Adovino is uh, possibly returning this weekend. He's 3-0 and with a .95 ERA. He has given up eight hits, ten walks. 45 strikeouts in 28 and a third. Adovino's having a special year. And Delwin Batanzas says this is the best he has ever felt. In his last 12 appearances, he's given up one run, six walks, 21 strikeouts, only two hits in those 12 appearances. So Delwin Batanzas, 21% owned. Difference between this Delwin Batanzas and vintage Delwin Batanzas, he's just a one-inning guy now. So, you know, still could help you with strikeouts, with ERA, and, and with whip. But he cannot help you. With dinner, but I can. Father's Day dinner or lunch, or you just you just feel like grilling out. Try Omaha steaks. Oh baby, I cannot wait to grill it up this weekend. Father's Day is just days away, so now's the time to get on there. What you're gonna do is go to omahasteaks.com, omahasteaks.com, and it's not an offer code. It's not a you know something you enter at the end. It's not a URL, but you type in FBT in the search bar, and you will see the Father's Day package. Uh, you know, show up and you click on it and you buy it and it's so inexpensive. You're getting 78% off, $49.99 for an unbelievable package. You go to omahasteaks.com and you type in FBT in the search bar. It's going to get delivered right to your door. You're going to get pork, poultry, veal, lamb, bison, seafood, vegetables. Those are the types of things you can get on Omaha Steaks. But here's what you get in the package. And by the way, this is a limited time offer, okay? This is specifically for Father's Day, so do it right now. Two fillets. Two top sirloins, four chicken fried steaks, two boneless pork chops, four all-beef steak burgers, four gourmet jumbo franks, 12 ounces of all-beef meatballs, one pound of fries, four apple tartlets, four caramel apple tartlets, in fact, and uh, one seasoning packet, and you get four more burgers free with the purchase. So uh, you got to do it now, omahasteaks.com. Type in FBT in the search bar. It is $49.99 for all that great stuff. OmahaSteaks.com. Type FBT in the search bar. I've seen some of our listeners taking advantage of this, and I'm very happy about it, and I can't wait to uh, to grill it out on Sunday. Here's an email of the day. It's from Nate and Philly. Fantasy Baseball at CBSI.com. He says, Dear Bob, Phil, Peter, and Raleigh. Uh, I don't know. Are we panicking? Mm-hmm. On Aussie Albies yet. And so that leads us into the worryometer. Thank you, Phil, for your worryometer email. Hey, let's put Aussie Albies on the worryometer. He is still the number two second baseman in fantasy. But yeah, he's not running. Uh he hasn't stolen a base gosh, since like since April or something like that. Or uh, yeah. I I could look it up, but I'm not going to. It's been a while. Um Albies did hit a grand slam. He has homered in two straight games now. Worryometer zero to ten on Aussie Albies. I'm going to go like a 3.5. I, I understand why people would worry. 
I just feel like the the skill set has become so varied with the addition of the power this year. And this actually reminds me a lot of the way Francisco Lindor's season unfolded last year, where we expect him to do one thing, and instead he reveals he has all this power that we weren't expecting. And then he kind of disappeared midseason, and then he came roaring back at the end. Like, I, I just, like, what Albies has accomplished at age 21 and, you know, still a low strikeout rate, not a scary line drive rate or any reason to think he's going to be a low BABIP guy. I think in the long run, this is going to still turn out very well for his fantasy owners. 3.5 for Ozzy Albies. How about Javier Baez? He is still a top five second baseman, top seven shortstop. His plate discipline is terrible, and in his last 28 days, um, no, no, I'll actually go back a little further. Since May 8th, so a little bit more than a month. Ozzy, or Javier Baez is the number 22 shortstop in points, but number 12 in Roto because he has eight steals since May 8th. And he, he is stealing a lot. He's got 11 steals and 12 attempts this year. But since May 8th, batting 214, like he got off to a great start. It, it hasn't been great lately. Uh, Chris, worryometer for Javier Baez. Uh, his OPS is one one thousandth of a point removed from last year's which is to say it's essentially identical. So I'm going to say one, but that's because I never thought – I liked Ozzy Albies coming into the season more than uh, Heath and uh, Scott. Javier Baez. I like Wait, Javi Baez. Yeah. Wait, Javi we, Baez. We, all, we both had him on our breakout. No, ha- no Javi Baez. Javi Baez. Oh, okay. He said right, I liked Javi Baez more than okay. you guys. You guys really didn't think he mattered for fantasy coming into the season. I liked him for Roto Leagues. I liked him a lot less than you guys did by the end of April. I don't think I've really changed my opinion on Javi Baez at all. Like, I think he's, I think he's gonna put up decent numbers, but we know what the limitations in his game are. Yeah, I'm still gonna say 30-20 season is coming for Javier Baez. I'm not like it's a slump. I'm not worried. Okay, I, I don't know that he should be owned in points leagues though. He's 99% no. owned Javi Baez. Wait, he's he's the number seven shortstop in points leagues. Why shouldn't he be owned in points leagues? Do you really believe that he's that good? Because yes, well, because his plate discipline good, is I mean, so he, bad. He had a month like where he I, was. I think he's going to be a thirty twenty guy. All right, right, like, but like I, if he I goes, think he's well, a better version of Trevor Story, basically. If so he saying, goes thirty twenty this season, that means he's going sixteen and nine the rest of the way, which is pretty much what we expected from him coming into the season. It's what he did last year, and I mean, uh, we're what forty we percent through with the season. I'd take sixteen yeah, and, and nine the rest of the way. I think okay, that'll be, I think that'll be a must start shortstop. You know what he is? He's, he's Rugnet Odor, you know? Yeah. And so if he doesn't do that well, he's gonna kill you in points leagues. I think he's better. He's like Rugnet Odor from two years ago. A little faster. Yeah, so I mean, this deal's like a better Rugnet Odor from two years ago, who himself was a must start option. Alright, it's Javi Baez. Uh, Ender Enciarte. Wow, is this guy cold. <laughs> uh, worryometer on Ender Enciarte. I like that he stole two bases yesterday because that was something that had disappeared with everything else. He's up to 20 for the season. Uh, I didn't like that skill alone to me makes him somebody I can't drop in the Roto rankings. So, and, and like he's, I still think with his batted ball profile, he's going to hit 290. I'll give him, I'll give him a three. Ender and Ciarte. Okay. And he's, Two steals away from his career high, and those were his first two since May 15th. So maybe it's just a deep slump for Ender Inciarte. 
Wilson Contreras. He's the number five catcher in points. He's number ten in Roto. He has four home runs this year. Uh, now you compared, Chris, you compared Javi Baez last year to this year. Could do the same thing with Wilson Contreras. At least you look at the slash lines and the, the batting average and the on base are very, very similar. It's just the slugging that's down. So, I mean, he looks like, um, a major positive regression candidate because he's got like a 5% home run to fly ball ratio. Are, I'm very low on the worryometer on Wilson Contreras. I'd say a two. Chris Towers, how about you? I am pretty low on that, but I do want to just, this is not a situation where it looks like just bad luck has caused his poor performance. Like his bad ball profile is all kinds of messed up. His hard contact rate is a career low, soft contact rate, career high, infield fly ball, career high, line drive rate, way low. So it's not just bad luck so far. It's a lot of fly balls though. He's hitting a ton of fly balls and they're not yeah, leaving and, the park. And I just, I believe in the talent. Yeah. Okay. So we're low on. Scotty agree? Pretty low on the worryometer on Wilson Contreras? Yeah, pretty, like, it, who else are you going to go with a catcher, you know? Like, he's third just because there's nobody who deserves to overtake. Would you rather have Contreras or Gaddis? I'd rather have Contreras. You could maybe make an argument for Grandal. Uh, I think I'd rather have Gaddis than Grandal. No. See, like, Grandal, <laughs> Grandal, unfortunately, has kind of morphed back into his old, like, top ten self after a hot start. Like, Gaddis plays every day, and he's a 30-homer guy, you know? He's, he, at least, that'll be his pace. Gaddis is awesome. I, I think Gaddis is just fine. Worryometer on Justin Smoke. 15 for me. <laughs> Alright, well, let's hear why. I don't think he's that good. I'm sorry. It's like he's, you know, he's the kind of guy whose OPS is inflated by his walk rate. So if you play in a points league or you play in an OBP league, Smoke's going to be better. If you need categories, he's the number 28 first baseman in in standard Roto, 5x5 five five without OBP. He's 14th in points. So, look, I think he's slumping. I think he's better than this. Mm-hmm. And in a points league, I'm probably not dropping him because, like, like, there are good first basemen out there. I'm not dropping him for Ryan Healy, you know. Um, yeah. I, I just, I just don't think he's that good. I don't think he's that good of a hitter. I just think he's a good walker. That's basically how I see Justin Smoke. Well, I need orthotic shoes, so I envy people who are good walkers, Adam. <laughs> don't dismiss it. Uh, he, he's another guy who's bad at ball profile. It's just all messed up. Um, actually not hitting very many infield fly balls, but also has the lowest line drive rate of his career by a significant margin also has the lowest soft contact percentage of his career. So hard to make sense, but he is top 50 out of about three, 250 players in uh, average exit velocity. So he's still hitting the ball hard. I think better results are coming. I don't think he's as good as he was last year. Yeah, I think that pretty much sums it up. I just, I guess I just don't think he can really stand out at the position. Unfortunately, um, he can't, but. Like, if you lost Miguel Cabrera and we were looking through those replacements. Would you I, I buy mean, low you'd, on you'd him? You'd wish, you'd wish Justin Smoke would be one you could pick up. Sure, I would buy low, yeah. Yeah. See, I, uh. It just depends, like, we're talking very, very, very low. Yeah. So I, June 6th, I did the, the column where I looked at players last 365 days to, give us a better sense of how legit they were. And at that point, and I understand his batting average has fallen since then, but we're talking, what was that? That was just a week ago. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, at that point, 
Smokes last 365 days, even recognizing he only hit 241 in the second half last year. So that's a big chunk of this. His last 365 days were a 261 batting average, 34 homers, 35 doubles, and an 869 OPS. I know. I'm having trouble like reconciling that <laughs> because Smoke was really good in July. And in August, he had a 788 OPS. In September, he had a 644 OPS. The other thing is, since August, the strikeout rate has gone way up. And he's striking out a lot more this year than he did last year. And the last thing I'll say, I guess this is why I don't really trust Justin Smoke. He's basically had four good months his entire career. It's just He's been a bad hitter for all but the first four months of last year. That's That's my concern. Fair. Um, all right, I want to get to the listener worryometer. You should not be worried, though, about the draft app. This draft app is freaking awesome. And, uh, all right, it's time to play How Did Adam Do on the draft app last night. I don't think it was good because so I had Miles Michaelis. Um, yeah, you know what? I'm tired of saying how I finished. Michaelis, J.D. Martinez, Scooter Jeanette, Andrew Benintendi, Michael Brantley. It was not a good day for me on the draft app. But I'm going to be back at it again. And you can win Adam Azer's money by signing up on Draft or on Draft.com. And using the promo code FB today. FB today is the promo code. That will automatically get you following me so you can join the drafts that I post every day. And uh, it will also get you a free entry into a real money baseball draft. Why should you play draft other than just beating me? Well, the drafts are really quick. You know, not, it's not like a long thing. You're drafting five positions, put 30 seconds on the clock. They go really quickly. You can play against one person. You can play in, in drafts of 10 people. You can play baseball, football, basketball, golf, hockey. You can play a lot of stuff on the draft app. Uh, you get cold hard cash. You get paid out the next day, and they start at just $1. And you love fantasy baseball, and you love snake drafts. So join draft right now. Get the draft app or go to draft.com and use the promo code FB today. All right, here's who the listeners are worried about. Give me your worryometer for the following players. Gary Sanchez. Zero. Zero. Luis Castillo. Three. I mean, do we have to recalibrate this for him? Because I feel like our expectations deserve to be lower at this point. Right, yeah, yeah. Like, he was being drafted as a top 20 starting pitcher. So he's eight for that. But I still think there's a chance. Oh yeah, there's definitely a chance. I I mean, he has the fourth best swinging strike rate in baseball according to Baseball Reference, their measurement of it, behind I think Scherzer, Sale, and Degrom, and then there's Castillo. So like, the talent is still off the charts. Quick aside, I, I, I want to drop him. I want to drop him. Quick aside, if you were measuring swinging strikes, I don't understand why any website would have trouble doing that. Like why they would be different. But if you were measuring swinging strikes, the only thing I can think of is this. How would you measure a foul tip into the mitt? I don't think that's a swinging strike. Well, foul tip into the mitt is a swinging strike, I guess, because that <laughs> you can get a strikeout from that. Yeah, I guess I guess that that kind of is the guide there, right? I don't know. I don't know if that's the discrepancy that these websites that, have. Well, that no, 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 no. The, the, the discrepancy that I uh, that I'm referring to, Fangraphs measures. Uh, percentage of total pitches, how many swinging strikes out of the total number of pitches, and baseball reference oh. does swinging strikes out of the total number of strikes. Oh, you're just talking about rate. I'm talking about, like, I go on ESPN, I look at baseball reference, I look at the same game and the game logs, and one might have, like, 15, one might have 16. And I'm wondering and if foul tips are the reason. To be clear, Luis Castillo is fifth in Fangraph's swinging strike rate, which is sh- swinging strikes divided by total pitches. Yeah. He's 
third from the bottom in contact rate, which is uh, contact divided by total swings. So whatever way you want to measure, Luis Castillo is one of the hardest pitchers in baseball to hit against when it comes to that. Okay. Now, when guys make contact, good things have happened. That's true. All right, Carlos Martinez, worryometer. I will give him a one. Yeah, like well, two, but only because of injury. Yeah, risk. that's the thing. I got. Yeah, no, I'm gonna. I'm, I'm thinking about him intentionally throwing softer and. Right. That that elevates it. That probably elevates it to a four for me. Like I'm not convinced he's not gonna wind up back on the DL. Carlos Martinez. How about Luke Weaver? I am kind of worried. I'm kind of worried that he's just going to be like, okay. Yeah. It's kind of in the same class of Luis Castillo where I think we're, we've shifted our expectations already. Yeah. Uh, but given the new expectations, I'll give him like a five. Ryan Trammell says brain dozier. I think he meant Brian dozier. Worryometer on yeah. brain dozier. One. It's like a one. Yeah, I mean, how many years are we going to do this to ourselves? Yeah, yeah, big time by low. I don't think I included him on that list yesterday of players who can carry your team, but but Brian Dozier can carry your team. Uh, also, if you've ever seen the movie Brain Donors, which Brain Dozier reminded me of, Brain Donors is one of my favorites. It's one of Dave Richards' favorites. If you've seen it, that means you and I would be friends. Evan uh, says, Miguel Sano, Oriometer. Eight. Uh-huh. Yep. Yeah. Like like in in unless it's a roto league with the bigger lineups, I don't even know why you'd still own him, to be honest. Like still a ton of upside, but That's why. Yeah. That only carries it so far. I know, I know. Uh I mean, and, this is what we were worried about coming into the season. Yeah, I'm just what did he what did I say he hit like 23 home runs before the All-Star break last year or something? I can't I can't get that out of my mind with Miguel Sano. Uh, and Noah Syndergaard, worryometer for Syndergaard. Uh, like two? Yeah, what did I say? Whatever I said for Carlos Martinez is probably the same thing here. Yeah, please get off the DL. Like, to, to your Sano point, I think, I think the way things are playing out for Jock Peterson, I mean, the fact that he's not an everyday player kind of changes the equation a little bit. But, like, we all knew Jock Peterson had upside. We would kind of um, gotten discouraged he would meet it anytime soon, kind of like we're the place we're at with Miguel Sano. But, like, once he started meeting it, you still had a chance to pick him up. Like, it's not like you're giving up on a guy forever if you drop him. I understand, but you are giving up your exclusive rights. He becomes sure. an unrestricted free agent. <laughs> sure. But, you know, those are, those are the tough decisions you have to make and when you're dealing with limited roster space. Are you ready for 12 emails in six minutes? Yes. You're on the clock. Dear Peeps, Bean Boozles, and Cracklin' Oat Brand, this is JT from New York. Head-to-head points league, I need a Cabrera replacement. Bell, Aguilar, Moreland, Adams, Mancini, Muncie, Guriel, or Hicks. Bell, Aguilar, Moreland, Adams, Mancini, Muncie, Guriel, or Hicks. I heard of Muncie. We'll stick with Muncie. Go with Muncie. From Jesse, best catcher to own, rest of season, 12-team categories league. Zunino, Hicks, Murphy. Hicks. Yeah. Ooh, over Zunino. Yeah. No. I mean, I've never been a big Zunino guy, but I think this year has validated that. He's still, he's still like a good guy in categories. 
I think he's like 18th or something. And he missed he missed a few weeks at the beginning of the season. Yeah, he he mm-hmm. is what he is. He's going to hurt your batting average. He's going to give you a lot of home runs. Yeah. All right, so uh, Hicks over Zanino. Josh says, Willie Adamas or Addison Russell rest of season in Roto? I'm fine with taking a chance on Adamas. Yep. I mean, anybody over Addison Russell. Like, come on. Uh, <laughs> can I drop Gregory Polanco for Willie Adamas or Jake Bowers? I'm fine with that. Uh, yeah, there's, uh, like, it's a 12-team categories league, head-to-head, head-to-head categories league, which means not a ton of players are owned. I'm surprised you can't do better, to be honest, but I'd be fine with that if, like, I'm not married to Polanco at this point. Okay, so uh that's dropping Polanco. I'm going to assume we want Adamas over Bowers. From Chase, grade the trade. Give up Lance McCullers. Get Mitch Hanniger and Alex Wood in a categories league. Tra- give up McCullers, get Hanniger and Wood. Yeah. I'd rather have Hanniger. I mean, like, Hanniger's fallen off a lot, but I'd still rather have the high-end hitter over the borderline high-end pitcher who's had issues with his best pitch this year. So, you know, and Alex Wood is just a bonus. So I'll give it a, uh, I'll give it an A minus. I think it's like a B minus. If, if Lance McCullers has had issues with his best pitch and he's still having a pretty good year, he has his sub one, two whip. He's got a ton of, well, he's, now he's at like a strikeout per inning. Isn't that actually a good sign? Like if he gets that curveball going, you know, I, yeah, and I just, it that way. I'm not I, sure Mitch Hanniger's a high-end hitter. Like right. it's, it, it comes down to it's my 24th outfielder versus my 25th starting pitcher. And then you get my 56th starting pitcher along with it. Like I, I just think the math clearly works out in the Hanniger side's favor. Okay. Email from Anthony. Head-to-head Yahoo Fantasy League. Boo. No, just kidding. I have four closers. Uh, Herrera, Parker, Melanson, and Nate Jones. Should I keep all four, or who should I drop? Uh, you don't have. You have two closers. <laughs> uh, Melanson, maybe Nate Jones is just not the closer right now, so drop him. Right. And no, I don't think four closers. If you had four closers, there's too many in my Yahoo head-to-head categories league. I have four or five closers. So because uh, if it's daily, then it makes sense to have more closers. Josh in Toronto. Hey, Tinkers, Evers, and Chance. How worried should I be about Cole Hamels, Rick Porcello, and Alex Wood? Moderately. I mean, like, they were all pretty cheap. Alex Wood was a top 100-ish pick, so that. But, mm-hmm. like, Hamels has, I think, the third highest difference between his ERA and FIP, and so that's definitely concerning. Um, I, but the only one I feel like who's pitched in a way that would raise concerns recently is Alex Wood, right? Right. I mean, the others I just have been doing what they've been doing. How would yeah. you rank them? Wood, Ham, Wood, Porcello, Hamels. That's how you rank them? Is that what you asked? Yeah. How would you rank them? I'd go Porcello, Hamels, Wood. So there. Wow, you really dropped <laughs> Alex Wood, Scott. I thought you were an Alex Wood guy. Yeah, you're the Alex Wood guy. Um, yeah. He's been, he's been disappointing. I don't know. What do you want me to say? All right. From Ryan, Godley or Luis Castillo? Castillo. Yep. From Landon, I just ran, <laughs> I just randomly sent a guy a trade for Robbie Ray while I was taking a, uh, number two. 
I sent him Rick Porcello. <laughs> was that a euphemism for what he put? Yeah, yeah, he took something, <laughs> okay. he put something else. Okay. Um, I sent him Rick Porcello for his Robbie Ray and he quickly accepted. That's a win, right? Yeah. Okay. Also, Landon, uh, please remind me never to use your cell phone. Uh, from Bill, grade the trade. Give Bellinger and Flair. Why, why, why are you, why are you judging this guy? What? It's disgusting. You've never used your, you've never used your phone on the Chris, toilet? I'm not on trial here. Give up Bellinger and I'm Flaherty not. and get Verlander in a keeper league. Bellinger and Flaherty uh, for Verlander in a keeper league. Oh, it would totally depend how many players you keep. Like, keeper league doesn't tell me enough. Like, if it, everybody keeps five players, then who cares about saving youth? Like, there, there's so much turnover from year to year that it doesn't matter. If you're keeping, like, 15 or more players, that's a lot of upside to give up. Um, and I probably wouldn't do it. So, it would just totally depend. Alright. Bob Hop the third says, watch Disney's Frog Princess for some good music. And Nick Feely says, be prepared is the best Disney song. Not close. You know what? A friend of mine and I, senior year of high school, we sang an acapella, like, not that we really know how to sing acapella, but we sang an acapella version of Be Prepared for uh, a school talent show, and we won the talent show. Really? Yeah. So, I agree. Would you be willing to, if I got your friend on Skype, would you be willing to do it with him on the show? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I don't think please. I've spoken to that friend since. Oh, that would make it so much better. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know Be Prepared. What's it from? The Lion it's, the, it's the Lion it's King, stars. like the one where like uh, the the hyenas are goose stepping and. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, I just saw the Lion King for the first time a couple months ago. So, uh, yeah. really, it was it was obviously this goofy thing we did. We were not expecting to it to go over that well. You but know, if you were looking to go do a goofy thing, you should have done some of the music from the Goofy movie. Should have. You know, there you go. Let's uh, great music. let's talk about the double dongs from yesterday. Didi Gregorius, Mitch Haniger, and Ryan Healy. <laughs> Didi Gregorius is Trevor Story in the AL East. He's been terrible on the road, although last year he was actually better on the road than at home, a lot better on the road than at home. Um, so Didi, uh, yeah, I don't know if we can declare him back, but uh, it's a good sign. Haniger, yeah, we've talked a lot about him, and actually we talked a lot about Ryan Healy, so maybe it's just talking about Didi Gregorius. He's the number six shortstop in fantasy right now. Great April, terrible May, turning it on a little bit in June. Yeah, yeah, it's, it sounds like the number six shortstop to me. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I I mean it's I understand it's been a roller coaster ride, but I th- still think like his BABIP is super low right now. Yeah, he's he's still good. Okay, would you rather have Didi Gregorius or Alex Bregman? Bregman, Bregman. Didi, but they're like one spot apart. Okay, Didi or Trevor Story. Didi. Yep. Okay, Story is one spot ahead of Didi in points leagues, which surprised me since. Story has 77 strikeouts. All right, uh, quick news items. Mookie Betts sat. Should be back today. Joe Maurer could be back this weekend. Bryce Harper expected to play today. He got hit by a pitch twice last night. Francisco Cervelli sat again with a head injury. Eric Thames led off and played first against the righty, and Jesus Aguilar sat, and Austin Meadows sat yesterday for the Pirates. Brian Anderson, guys, last 28 days, he's the number seven third baseman in points, number six in Roto. Brian Anderson, like, obviously has a high BABIP. He's batting 372. He has a three uh, in the last uh, 28 days, but he's batting 311 on the year with a 386 batting average. But he's hitting the ball hard, and he doesn't hit fly balls. So is Brian Anderson going to be a reliable 
batting average source rest of season? No. Okay. I think that's what he's best at, and he's pretty good on base guy. But he's not so good at it. Like, he needs that to be what carries him, and it's not quite enough. I think he'll be more like a 280 guy. Yeah. Yeah, without a lot of power, so really, it's not a, not a guy to get excited about, right? Right. Brian High Babbitt. High Babbitt, low ISO is a bad combination. All right, I'm going to go quickly here. Would you be willing to drop John Gray? No. And in fact, I just wrote a column about that. Um, good pitchers who are outside the circle of trust. He's among them. <laughs> I just think the talent is too high, even though you can't use him right now. How about uh, dropping Daniel Magnin, 86% owned? Yes. Yeah. yeah. I'd be okay with that. I'm not saying he's must drop, but I'd be okay with it. How about dropping Jake Odorizzi, Chase Anderson, CC Sabathia, or Clay Buckholtz? They're all owned in more than 70% of leagues. Uh, Anderson shocked me yesterday. Seven scoreless mm-hmm. innings, one hit against the Cubs. I'm going to give the names mm-hmm. again. Odorizzi, Anderson, Sabathia, and Buckholtz. We needed to talk about Chase Anderson earlier in the podcast. Uh, because his velocity was up. Like, I'm pretty sure to the levels that it was last year, I, I want to say it was like two to three miles per hour up from his last three starts. That's all I checked last night, but I'm going to go to Brooks Baseball right now and look, but that's a big thing. It is. Um, so hold on to it. Yeah, him. this... This was the hot, hardest he's thrown all season. He averaged 94.3 miles per hour with his four-seam fastball, uh, and that's where he was last year. So, yeah, I think, you know, he was down to 92 the the start before. So, look, it's no guarantee that he, he'll be good moving forward, but a big part of his success last year was the fact that his fastball velocity was way up. And, yeah, I, yeah. I think that's a big deal. Anderson, now look, I, I do remember earlier in the year, now I'm looking at Brooks Baseball myself, he had two games where he was throwing pretty hard. Uh game against Miami, throwing 94. Next game at the Cubs, 93. And it's just been, well, I guess the he, 90. You know, he, he, had, he, didn't, he wasn't able to sustain it when he hit 94, average 94 on April 19th against Miami. So it's not like a total buy-in, but as a guy, I, look, I admit, I've been saying, drop Chase Anderson, drop Chase Anderson. Didn't make any sense to hang on to him. This is yeah. interesting and encouraging, so maybe hang on to him. And I think in that second start against the Cubs, he like slid awkwardly at home plate and like hit his face against the, the, the clay. And I remember his velocity was down immediately after that. Okay. That's pretty interesting. So something to look at for Chase Anderson. Um, all right. Of the rest of the fringy starting pitchers, who would you want to own? So Odorizzi, Sabathia, Zach Wheeler was pitching well until the sixth inning. He only gave up one run in five and then he ran into trouble in the sixth. Trevor Williams has been bad lately. Jaime Berea, you know, we haven't really talked about him, but Otani's out, so Berea maybe pitching more regularly. Buckholtz, Mike Leak, who's um, been on fire lately. He's got a 263 ERA in his last seven starts. Scott, anyone that you really want to add? Nobody who greatly excites me. I think Odorizzi's the one I ranked the highest of this group, but Wheeler, Sabathia, Berea, they're all... I guess even leak. They're all in that, um, you know, streamer category. I think at a standard mixed league. Buckholtz, get him out of here. Who did you say was the same, standout same. of the group? Well, Odorizzi's the one I ranked the highest. I don't know that he's a standout. I think Sabathia, Wheeler, Berea, oh. and Leak are all basically in the same 
class of pitchers. They do different things, Will, but it's the same class. And where do you put Chase Anderson uh, compared to Odorizzi? I mean, I dropped him behind Odorizzi before yesterday started, but now I think I'm going to move him back ahead. Right. Well, let's take a look at today's matchups, and we'll finish the show. Mets at Braves, DeGrom, yes. How about Soroka coming off the DL? I'm excited. He should be owned. Was start him or sit him? No, I'd sit him. Sorry. Forgot what exercise we were doing here. <laughs> uh, Soroka is 58% owned. I might, I think I'm going to start him today. The Mets are the worst. Okay. Uh, I don't know how the, what the pitch count will be. But you know, yeah, it's, that'd be my concern. Just, I, I tend to avoid guys coming off the DL. Especially right. 20 year olds. <laughs> uh, J Hap at Wilmer Font. Start Haps at, don't bother with Font. Uh, yeah, Sans Serif. Bot, right, yeah. My, Mike Montgomery <laughs> at your least scene. <sighs> I, like, they're both in the range where I could think about starting him, but I don't like the matchup for either. Yeah. That's it. Chris Sale, yes. And, uh, Jeffrey Ramirez for the Orioles. Uh, no free Ramirez. <laughs> Jameson Tyone and Zach Granke. Yes. Yeah, both. Garrett Richards at Marco Gonzalez. Yes. To both, yep. Tyler Anderson at Nick Pavetta. Yes, to Pavetta. And that's it, yep. Eric Fetty at Sonny Gray. No. <sighs> yeah, I'm going to say no to both, even though Gray's gotten better results recently. What if Bryce Harper's out? Maybe. Uh, I, you wouldn't be crazy to start Gray. It would depend on the alternatives to some degree. I wouldn't be looking to start. Jose Barrios at Matt Boyd. Jose Barrios. Uh, yeah, Boyd. No yeah, Boyd. I'm hedging on Boyd. Let's do it. Let's start Boyd. Ooh, all right. Andrew Suarez, homecoming game at Caleb Smith in Miami. Start Caleb Smith. Yeah. All right. But not Suarez. Trevor Bauer or Dylan Covey? Bauer, no Covey. Uh, Bauer, by the mm-hmm. way, is the second best Cleveland Indian starter. Buy or sell? I like Carrasco more. But, I, I mean, it's... Yeah, this, your Carrasco thing. Your no, Carrasco no. thing... Uh, go, just, ahead, go ahead, go ahead. It reminds me a little bit of the Jacob deGrom doesn't have electric stuff. No, there. no, no. Because I, I rescinded that two seconds after. Also... <laughs> The announcers in that same game said DeGrom didn't have his best stuff that game, so I rescinded that. My Carrasco thing is not part of this argument. My, it's a Bauer thing. Trevor Bauer's awesome. He, he is, is good. Definitely yeah. good now. Yeah. I was offered but. Edwin Encarnacion for Carlos Carrasco yesterday, by the way. I'm going to try to get a little bit more for sure. Uh Tyler yeah. Malley at Jason Hamill. No. Yeah, no to both. I would much rather have Carrasco than Encarnacion, by the way. Yeah, me too. Eric Lauer at Luke Weaver. Luke yeah, you're Weaver. starting Weaver. Start Weaver. And Garrett Cole at Paul Blackburn. Not starting Paul Blackburn. And Blackburn, Paul- no. <laughs> uh, Blackburn singing, sitting on the end of my bench. Cole Hamels at Kenta Maeda. I'm not going to start Maeda in his first start back. Yeah. Um, Hamels. You know, Jack Peterson will be out of the lineup. I think it's okay. By the way, Paul Blackburn, another pitcher I would want to become a closer so we could sing Blackburn pitching in the dead of the night. Yeah, okay, that's Ooh. better. That's better. That works. 
So yeah. uh, that'll That's end our, our little musical adventure for today. Thank you all for listening. For Scott White and Chris Towers, I'm Adam Azer. We'll talk to you on Thursday with the Fantasy Regulators. <laughs>